0: 31 to 40 was pretty good. <laughs>
1: it was a very good stretch.
0: I, I did not see this coming. Just how they kept that high quality throughout this 10 episode stretch, and hopefully throughout the rest of the series, was really impressive.
1: I don't know that we can top this uh, during the next season coming up. Um, I know we're going to try.
2: MASK CAST. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6,000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, Broadcast technician, DJ,
1: critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital.
2: Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike
0: Command. Welcome listeners to MaskCast 55 and our overview of what we are calling season four of Cast. As always, we appreciate everyone joining us and giving us your input into each episode. Tonight, we'll be reflecting on the 10-episode section of the Mask Animated Series from episode 31 to 40. We'll also be talking about the best and some of the worst moments from each episode, our personal ratings that we gave each one, and our polling results. And then we will reveal the new poll that we just put up on the favorite episodes chosen from 31 to 40 and then we'll compare our notes to the first 30 episodes that we reviewed and that's always fun to check out and compare the stats because i'm a stats kind of guy we'll also talk about the special episodes that we released over the course of this section and then we will preview season five of mass cast so we appreciate everybody joining us before we start the extravaganza let us introduce ourselves. I'm one of your humble hosts, Jason. And with me, as always, is my co host and longtime friend, the Beavis to my butthead. Wyatt, have you enjoyed a good crappuccino lately? Crappuccino,
2: crappuccino. I am called Hoyo. I need TV for my mom.
0: My bunk will not wait. <laughs> oh my
1: god. So or, uh, what was it? Uh, the movie. The movie I still remember. I had the sound wave. I, I, I took off the movie some years ago <laughs> when it's the, I think, Butthead's real dad. There you go. <laughs> want to see something really cool? Oh, oh, oh. See the big explosion on the campfire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, I love Beast Beavis and Butthead back in the day. Do you remember the um, NES game for Beavis and Butthead?
1: No, but I do remember there was a game that I had downloaded. Uh huh. I think you played it once or twice, and I sent it to you eons ago. So basically, what are you, you were spitting. Yes.
0: Yes. From the,
1: the top of the, like the school or something.
0: I think you had the uh, the NES emulator and. It was one of the games on there, but yeah, that's the main part that I remember. You did some other things, I think, during the game, but the favorite game was you're up on the roof, and down below is uh, Principal uh, Nick Vicker. What was his name? I I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're like, (laughs) and then uh, he's down there. uh,
2: It's raining. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it must be raining.
0: Like yes, but not people from the roof. Uh, I think I, I actually. Uh, you remember our trading post downtown, right next oh, to the movie theater?
1: Not there anymore, but I remember yeah,
0: it. I I traded in uh, one of my NES games for that game. You could trade for a dollar. I remember that. It only cost a buck, and you could trade in a, a, your game for another one. And uh, I had that one for a while. It was, you know, rather. Uh, boring, you could probably say, unless you were a real Beavis and Butthead fan and could stand spitting on people all day, but <laughs> I still <laughs> I still to this day get me some Beavis and Butthead when I go on a road trip because <laughs> I uploaded Garmin yeah, my TomTom Tom yeah, GPS. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I have a uh, have you know Then giving me directions uh uh at the end of the road uh turn right butt munch you know
1: <laughs> i heard that i got the thing when i came down to visit you um
0: yes yes yeah so I, I had, had that loaded.
1: yeah it was hilarious
0: yeah when we went to see uh hazard county i think is when it was
1: no. Well, we might have seen Houser County. That's right. We did see that, but we also saw uh, AKA Junk on all his no, cars, wasn't too. On
0: that trip? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Beavis and Butthead, they'll, they'll be with me forever. Yeah, I, I saw
1: uh, some sound waves from eons ago, and one of your favorites is I'm, I, I don't want to repeat it on here, but Dang it, dang it, it. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious. I it's know so which one you're talking
0: about. Yeah. I still have a keychain hanging in my truck, too, that I've had in my vehicle probably since the show started. I think I actually bought it on our senior skip day in high school. We went down to the mall in State College and went to that um, uh, Spencer's, the gifts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I bought a lava lamp and I bought a, a Beavis keychain. And I put it in my car. It's been in, It's still in my truck, so twenty plus years later. <laughs> Gosh, we're getting old.
1: We are. Well, think about it. Age-wise, it, it hit me that coming up February, it'll be 21 years military. Yeah. And someone was asking me about it. I'm like, wait a minute, I just had 20. Wait, I'm coming up on 21? Are you kidding me? Well, it, it's,
0: Next year, I will have officially spent half of my life in the South and half of my life in the North. We need to change it. <laughs> Get a little bit. Go back on the northern, the Yankee side there.
1: Yeah, you need to cross the Mason-Dixon line.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, but uh, I don't know. There's some, always some logistics and questions.
1: Oh, I know. So. Logistics now for me. <laughs> That's a whole other
0: yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, let's go into our uh, our traditional... Uh, <laughs> let's
1: get your mask on! Get your
2: mask
0: um, on! <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> uh, I did release in this, I guess the past week, uh, our latest little music video tribute. And this time I used T-Bob and made him the real mask hero. And I did a montage of all his uh, bravery and uh, rescuing moments uh, that I could find in the series. And it was actually hard to narrow it down because, you know, they're in every episode yeah. and there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of moments where T-Bob kind of came to Scott's rescue or Matt's rescue. And of course he never gets credited at the end. So this yeah. was a little fun way to show, Hey, T-Bob did serve a purpose on this show other than those stupid jokes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was fun. Uh you were the one that brought up the song that I used, holding out for a hero. And I just uh, couldn't think
1: of any other hero song like eighties to kinda coincide <laughs> and that was the only one I could really
0: Well, it worked and there's a lot of cool like uh drumming kind of sound effects and parts of that song that I tried to incorporate into that in the bridge where they're they're building up in the bridge to uh they do this song ah and then they go into the verse again it's i used the part where t-bob blows up that blackout you know and he's building up all that energy from the mask vehicles and he shoots it out with his uh karate kid stance that was uh that was fun
1: well i'm just so, looking at it just for and if you heard uh, a little bit of the theme song i apologize i was looking it up on youtube and it <laughs> of course, I was thinking autoplay um, <laughs> but anyway I saw we have 85 views on that as of now, but just the T-Bob one alone.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: uh, one comment, looks like three replies, probably just a continuation, but uh, from the Yoda tube.
0: Yeah, I, I did see those comments. He asked about T-Bob's name, yeah. I think, is what he said. And I thought I remember, I don't know if it was in the actual cartoon series or what, but... I remember somewhere it being Thingamabob is what he's short for. Do you remember that?
1: I do not remember that whatsoever. I know that in our script, uh, we actually came up with the idea of calling him T for Tracker. And um, uh, I think he wanted to call it T. I can't remember the exact how we worded it. But then somehow it turned into Bob just to give him a name. So
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah that's something I need to... Remember too. I don't remember offhand how we did that in the script, but <laughs> could have been in the comics. But it's probably I,
1: probably in the comics, not in the
0: I I could swear I remember us covering either in with these episode reviews or uh, maybe one of the comics or something, it having uh the long name Thingamabob and and I don't know if it was what the reference was, but I don't know. That's what I've always thought he was short for. But I don't know. We'll have to maybe throw that out to the people and see if they want to chime in on what they think T-Bob's real name is. If well, if, I just I'm did a right.
1: I just did a really quick Google, and I have no idea if it's accurate. So please forgive me. Fleetway Comics is who supposedly put that in there. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which his which, name. Yes. Uh, and I, I saw it on two things. One is on Wikipedia and one is on a real quick blurb from MTV. He's oh, actually really? supposedly is it's under Artists and T-Bob. I'm not opening it up, but that's what it's under. The mm-hmm. well, third one, it says T-Bob's 100th post.
0: Uh, maybe yeah. it's somebody, somebody nicknamed T-Bob. It could be another but T-Bob. All,
1: re- all three of them reference the Fleetway Comics, hmm. so it's it, well. We'll have to get Eric. I think is probably the best one. <laughs> Eric or maybe <laughs> uh, Scott across the pond. They could yeah. give us some insight on that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere or been involved with something that said his his name was Thingamabob, shortened to T Bob. But uh, well, speaking of comics too, I wanted to mention. Uh, I think on our last show and I forgot or I I didn't put it in my notes that I put up there that Unit E comic book from Hasbro that was released, uh, I think, 2011 at New York Comic Con. And it had that reimagining of the mask team as this pseudo police force in this almost post-apocalyptic kind of world. And I... I broke it down pretty good. I I found a nice photo of the, the page itself. It was like a, I think it was a two page spread and the, the photo of the team was mainly on one half. And then they had a few pieces of dialogue on the other half of the page. And I went ahead and quoted that whole, I don't know. It was maybe two paragraphs total of dialogue about the team, you know? And I went through and broke that down. It was an interesting thought uh, about Mask. I'm not sure I was totally on board with the way they were portraying them. It was almost, well, they were in Detroit, too. So it was a little, I don't know, RoboCop. It was a little, uh, I don't know. It was a little bit like, you remember the show Cops. I think we had talked about that on MaskCast before, too. Yeah where it's yeah. that police force and they have like special weapons and stuff but abilities uh, right and of course they're they're wearing masks all of them they're not they didn't say anything about the abilities it was more along the lines of like they found the secret to this advanced weaponry and blah 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 so the focus really wasn't on the masks themselves it seemed like but I don't know. It was an interesting concept. Go over to our blog there on agentsofmass dot com and check that out. And you can write in your own little comment about what you think uh, Hasbro was attempting to do there with that one comic book page in that one off comic that was released a few years ago. Right. What about you? Do you got anything to add to uh, get your mask on?
1: Well, kind of a mask, kind of a I probably. A slight step away from the getting our mask on is just uh, thank you to uh, our our interviewees that we've talked with lately, and that being the voice actors, Sharon Noble, and Brendan McCain. They were very very gracious and and entertaining, and it was just a, a well, it was just a great time, great experience for us, and I'm sure the listeners as well. And also uh, during our season, as Jason calls it being able to personally meet Duckstone uh and just how gracious he was in person so i just wanted a, a final kind of shout out for the season i don't know how we can trump this except <laughs> maybe getting all the voice actors on a hangout yeah. at once uh, until then I, I don't know that we can top this uh during the next season coming up I'm, i know we're gonna try right but uh, it, was, it was just an awesome awesome experience again i'm i'm very grateful and thankful for all three of you uh, extending your open mask hand. <laughs> I guess it's, the I don't know, but uh, basically just being um, open to having a discussion with us and the mask community uh, as a hockey once again, and I'm sure Jason will echo the same. Yes. Uh, same gratitude.
0: Yes. Yes. It was a great time. Yeah, well, I don't think we'll ever be able to match the level of magnitude. Is that a word <laughs> that we that we reached at uh, RetroCon, being with Doug on that 30th anniversary panel? Of course, with Bill Ferris too, and um, it, it was just uh, an unbelievable once in a lifetime experience. And of course, we hope it's not once in a lifetime that we get to talk with Doug and maybe he'll come back again uh, to another show. But yeah, it was just one of those things. I had to be there. I had to figure out a way to get there just to share in that. And right. uh, it was a really great time. And then, yes, talking with Sharon and Brendan was uh, very cool. They were very gracious with their time. They answered all of our questions and gave us some great stories uh, about Oh yeah back then and even now their interaction with all the other actors and and everything so that was, it's been a really fun season so it it will be hard to top we will, like we've mentioned before, try to get some more of the voice actors on to chat and we'll try to do our best to to keep that level of uh, fandom going (laughs) as we go into the next couple seasons here before we get to uh, the goal, which was episode 100. I don't know. I've thought about it. You know, we are are at episode, we're at MassCast 55 now. So we're kind of over that hump of halfway, at least where I thought we would be. And we are a little past halfway with the episodes. uh, And I was factoring in some special episodes with the reviewing the toys and the comics and hopefully getting some interviews and such. So we're pretty much, I think we're pretty much on track, but yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens when we get to 100. <laughs> if it's going to be a, uh, you know, a thing where we, take a break or do we do some chats we keep trying to keep it going a little bit so we we'll see but
1: yeah we'll have to uh, be working on that
0: <laughs> yeah it's let's let's keep it the task at hand i don't like to go ahead that far <laughs> because i've enjoyed I, I enjoy each episode review and I, I enjoy the way it's been lasting yeah several years now yes. so, so uh we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll reach cake. that mountain probably a snowy mountaintop when we come to it.
1: (laughs) Is it the same snowy mountaintop that we've been saying? Oh wait, (laughs) that was a couple episodes ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was hinting at. That's what I was hinting at. So, well, let's without further ado, let's go ahead and get going. And, uh, we will, uh, we'll go through each episode like we normally do. And we'll talk about some of the best and worst, our ratings and, and so forth. Like I mentioned in the intro and, uh, it's going to be fun. So, uh.
2: let's start the mask cast.
1: So we started out our episodes with episode thirty-one, in which it was titled "The Deadly Blue Slime." The plot there was mask travels to Africa to stop a botched experiment, which has created a deadly blue slime, consuming everything in its path. Adam learns of the slime and seeks to control it in order to take the world hostage, which seems to be the plot of most of the past <laughs> themes. Right, it's got right. money to take over the world.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> I think, uh, was it um, Pinky in the Brain? I think they stole that from Mask.
0: <laughs> it could have been.
1: <laughs> Come on,
2: Sly. What's there to be afraid of? I just don't like it, smuggling illegal ivory out of Africa. So, forget it. We're clearing out at once. You wanna throw away a fortune in ivory? Chicken feet. Peanuts compared to what I'm after. I've just been tipped off by a laboratory technician on Mount Kilimanjaro that there's something big on the loose up there. Something deadly eats everything alive. What is it? No one has seen it. And I ain't gonna be the first. Of course you will, Rax. The value of that monster on the mountain is beyond belief. Once we control it, we can blackmail every country in the world to pay us billions, or we'll let it loose.
1: Jason rated it a 3, while I rated it a 4. The poll showed a 75% voted for a 4-3. With a single vote on both sides being five and two, the rating of five and two. What did you think? What was the best and worst, or what do you recall of it?
0: Well, I I remember thinking, uh, oh, here we go. If we're gonna start off with this episode, <laughs> uh, it was I I don't know. It just didn't sit well too well with me. It was an okay episode. The good parts were mainly the animation. They had a couple of fun shots, the one looking through the ceiling fan, if you will remember that. Yep. And then, uh, I don't know. There's some things that just didn't sit well with me. Thunderhawk had some, like, helicopter-like movements. Yeah. Where it's always been more of a jet. And we did, going back to Panda Power, uh, one of the reasons why I rated that so low was that almost, uh, Harrier like takeoff with that crate that I had under there, yes. and it wasn't really a, a traditional jet. And in this episode, I remember I think Mayhem was shooting at Thunderhawk and Switchblade, and it just moved kind of back and forth out of the way, you know. Yeah, and it didn't, uh, I don't know, just didn't sit well with me. And then I didn't like that Switchblade was able to. Uh, take off and flee the scene, so to speak, after Nightstalker actually shot it down and crashed it. Right. Um, so we're thinking it's stuck, and Mayhem's going to have to hitch a ride. And here he is
1: resurrecting like, himself.
0: Right. Right. And taking back off again. So, you know, like I said, there was some good, there was some bad in there. So I kind of landed in the middle. Uh, what do you remember from the episode?
1: I remember thinking it was a plausible type of episode—not quite possible, but you know, plausible for the mask world at hand. Uh-huh. Um, you identified most of my notes. I, th- I swear, um, <laughs> the good overhead shots, like you said, looking through the ceiling fan. There were some good battles—not uh, great, but good, good uh, back and forth. One of the things I do remember that I liked, and I'm—I'm I'm a guy that likes to know the how-to of shows. So watching Miles push two buttons on his console, one transforming into jet mode, and then the other one putting the mask down, the Viper mask down. That I like do remember that. Thing. My hang-up, you already identified the, the so-called resurrection of Switchblade and the hovering of Thunderhawk. The other one that kind of got to me was that it was like the, the next episode and experimenting with all the sound effects. Uh, there was a new pc yeah. sound there was the new watch sounds alex
2: time to call in the team satellite link matt tracker calling mass computer select best agents to combat deadly new life form in east africa alex sector pre-selected recommended personnel hondo mclean expert on african geography and weapons expert vehicle code name night stalker selection complete
1: Everything seemed to be not – I mean, get, they were starting to steer away from the yeah watch sounds, I think, after episode five or something. <laughs> I don't know. But um, it's just – it was like this was, oh, let's change everything up. Why not?
0: Yeah. yeah. It was like the sound effect guy was out that day, and they brought in somebody new and didn't know which exact sound effects went with where, you know. That's it. Uh. But uh,
1: I guess that's why I left it as a four – wasn't a episode to drop it down anymore but the little ticks were what it dropped it down for me
0: yeah so. yeah and, uh, and the voters showed it along our lines mainly in that yeah. three and a half range which was right between us so that right. was uh wasn't any big uh uh conspiracy there so speaking of conspiracy let's uh, let's transition into our next episode which was currency conspiracy oh.
1: Mass takes a frigid trip to Switzerland to stop Venom and a Baron seeking revenge. The evil team's weapon is a virus which causes ink to disappear from the money. You rated this a 3. I rated it a 4. I guess I'm the the ever-optimist here. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, the poll showed 60% voted for a 4 with two votes on both sides for 5 and 3.
0: Yeah, me being uh, the three on that one. So I was yeah, the little man on the total pole.
1: Yeah, so what made you uh knock it down like you do?
0: I remember being very up and very down on this episode. So I think that's why I kind of landed in the middle. And this is gonna be a recurring theme for all of these. I mean, there was I've enjoyed the animation throughout this stretch of the series. Uh, there was some really cool Shots, again, that long sweeping shot inside Rhino going from Bruce over to Matt. Matt says something, and then we are taken right outside. And there's some really great conversion shots of Rhino and Night Stalker from the side. And I really enjoyed those. Also, this was the shot at the end of the episode where you're looking through the fireplace Mm -hmm. at the team. So, like I said, this is... This is You're going to see this <laughs> throughout in my notes that they were always coming up with some creative ways to do animation and also some creative angles uh, looking at the team. The, this one I do remember, though, there's being some kind of bad drawings of uh, Boulder Hill, mainly. And I can't remember if it was the garage area or something. It just didn't look normal the way right. it was drawn. And then... There was kind of some cheesy sound effects in this one, where yeah. when the money disappears, it's like this soap opera sound effect that they use. <laughs> uh, I'll call it. And uh, and then I don't know. We kind of went back and forth on this one, which was the uh, Bruce's Batman trick, where he's in Rhino, he lassos the landing skid of Switchblade. And then mm-hmm. climbs up. Uh, it was kind of good for like shock effect to me because I was like, "What in the world is he doing?" You know, Bruce didn't know you could do this. And he, he gets up there, and then I was like, "Okay, so what's he supposed to do now?"
2: It's nothing like a city duck. <laughs> no, you idiot! Not at me, at them. Long calls and close calls make nervous bedfellows.
0: I don't know. I think you were along the lines that this was a, a pretty cool scene, and I, well, I yeah. wasn't sure I wasn't what to think of it at this point.
1: Well, with that, you know, as cool as it was, it was still a perplexing because doesn't Bruce have lifter? He could, should, should be able to fly himself wherever he wants to. Right. But it was still a very cool trick uh, for drama effect, I suppose. I do remember a lot, of the, a lot of the camera, a lot of the edits were really improving, um, so I, I took note of that. One of the things that we noticed that at least I marked down on was they had snow tires on this, studded snow tires. One of them loses, I can't remember who it is, but they end up losing traction. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it just perplexed me that, okay, most of the time, not always, but most of the times you have studded tires. You're doing pretty good on ice. Not, <laughs> not perfect, but you're doing a lot better than anybody else out there without him.
0: Was this the one so, too just, where Jackhammer like squeals his tires in the snow too?
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> that kind of, I was like, what are you thinking? <laughs>
1: this I think heavily, but there was this was all filled with currency and money puns the whole way through.
2: Oh yeah, it was rampant. I've heard of cold cash disappearing, but this is ridiculous. You said it, buddy. Rig Rhino, Nightstalker, and Gator for some cold weather action. We're way ahead of you, Matt. We'll leave right away. Well, Bruce, you got a yen to get to the bottom of this? I should pound you for that one, Dusty. We better get moving. If we're going to help Matt make sense out of this case...
1: Then there was that corny ski bob moment where for like a minute we didn't understand what the heck was going on, why that edit was even there. Yeah. It made sense, kind of, at the end when when I think it comes back together, really in the the episode. But for that whole minute, I I think I remember saying they did they could have used that one minute of clip for something better right. elsewhere. Right, right. Um, but I guess that's me to a four. It wasn't again not terrible, but not terribly enough to ding it down any lower. I guess.
0: Yeah, and the voters agreed with you on that, so. It was around – it was good to a certain extent, but for me, there was some uh, – the the jokes just wore on me, I remember, this whole episode. So <laughs> I, th- there was no way that <laughs> – I, I was. it was probably one of those ones. I can't remember which episode it was exactly. I know there was one three-episode that I was teetering on two. I can't remember if it was this one or not, but uh, I do remember the jokes being – way more irritating than than normal. <laughs> right. we will say, but uh after that we uh we went to Rome and on to episode 33 which was Caesar's sword.
1: And in this episode the plot is that Sly Rex poses as Julius Caesar's ghost and I think you actually added a little sound bite In there from Al Bundy for me. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Um, it's the he uses the ghost in order to scare off archaeologists who have discovered the long lost sword of victory. It's up to Mask, as always, to stop Venom from possessing the sword and the mystical power that goes with it. Well, Jason was a little dingy on this, but he rounded it up to a four. It was a 3.5, is what he said. He's gonna round it up to a four. I Kept it as a four. 67% of the votes, they voted for a four with a single vote for a five and a single vote for a three.
0: Yeah, they they agreed with us on this one pretty much, and it it was a little bit better, in my opinion, than the first two episodes that we had. There were some genuine laugh-out-loud moments. Uh, I got a chuckle out of T-Bob's doggy bag mode, Yes, if you remember that line. And then when Mayhem, it was ridiculous and it was a one in a million shot. But when Mayhem gets clunked in the face with Night Stalker's spare tire, that was pretty hilarious. And then the ultimate line of the episode <laughs> was when Rax gets his hand on the sword and Mayhem, you know, radios in trying to find him. Have you found the sword yet? And Rax says, bug off. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Telling Mayhem to bug off.
2: The sword of Caesar. Ah, Man, will Mayhem be surprised when I bring it back to... Wait a minute. Why should I give it to Mayhem? I'm tired of always being ordered around by him. If I keep the sword, I can be as powerful as Caesar. Mm. Yeah? This is mayhem. Report your progress. Bug off! What? What? Hey, Rax! Did he say what I thought he said? He did! And there can be only one explanation. Quick, find Rax! It it had
0: the potential to be great, uh, but I was kind of let down towards the end with the final battle, and Venom was kind of pinned in there at the Coliseum and there, you know, I I, I thought they could have ended that a little bit better, but obviously Venom needs an escape route to keep the show going. And then uh, there was a couple other um, logistical things that took me out of the episode. Like when Bruce, I remember used lifter to open up the road uh, and then at the same time, also, I think he lifted a vehicle out of like they were down below in this tunnel or something. And I was like, well, how does lifter do that? You know, it's usually you focus in on one item, you lift it up and you move it somewhere else, you know, and then he has to go to the next. Like when they were. I can't remember which episode it was, but they're on the this bridge had collapsed. He uses lifter to take. I think it's Rhino and uh, yeah, that
1: was one of the earlier.
0: yeah, it was in the first ten. You know, so he, he had to take them individually over this bridge that had just been blown up. And this episode, he was able to while lifting one object, also lift another thing and mm-hmm. do it at the same time. So, I don't know. That was that was probably more of a tick for me on that episode. That's why I still voted it for four, but there's always those little things that of course my adult brain is going to think of and not my little kid brain when I first watched it, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago. Right. But, uh, what are some other things that you remember about Caesar's sword?
1: Well, this one, I actually remember this being kind of like a mix between the stooges in it kind of earlier on before the commercial break, there was a scene where the dagger gets spooked by this howling cat Episode of the Stooges, I think it's called Dizzy Detectives, where Curly is sitting on that rocking chair, smoking a (laughs) like a two-inch cigar, and uh, he's rocking it, rocking it. And all of a sudden, there's that cattail that finally gets caught in the rocking chair, and And he has a big, huge gulp. And that's exactly what Dagger does—he's this big old (laughs) gulp, and you see the animation of his fear. So I was laughing like crazy because I I saw the pseudo Stooge Curly moment, Uh and then not too much further from that. One of them, I'm trying to think. I think it's Rax. that it says, um, all right, you skull!" And again, that's another stooge line yeah. for me.
2: No! Oh! Uh, why'd you scare me, Rax? <laughs> you fell for that one? Man, are you
1: dumb. Don't call me dumb.
2: Sorry, numbskull.
1: That's better. I remember uh, uh, one of the ticks was that T-Bob was drawn a little differently, like a, like an eggshell or just an oddball type of uh, drawing. The other one that didn't make sense was earlier on. We see the there's construction workers on the site when Rax, aka Julius Caesar, there's four construction workers when we see two in the view, and I I remember. Thinking, okay, I can see a third because one had to be operating the crane, but where did the dump four come into play? Yeah, that was where of the like the minor ticks. The rest of it was, I like there was a good transformation of Thunderhawk, and I think I noted that uh, throughout a lot of episodes. But
0: um, yeah, I think for the most part, again, the voters agreed with us. You know, two thirds of them voting what we voted at a four, so. I, again, I think we've been spot on with our reviews as far as what everybody else is uh, rating the episodes. And um, unfortunately, with the with the current events, we 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 have to talk about peril in Paris. Which, of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to the the people in Paris. Uh, and it's not we're,
1: just Paris. There was a lot more attacks elsewhere. Well, so.
0: Very true. Um, of course, the majority of the The deaths were in Paris, but yeah, we just want to just take a moment and say our our thoughts and prayers are with them as we are going through this uh, review.
1: So speaking of, unfortunately, that episode title, Peril with Paris, uh, Mask Agent Buddy Hawks tries to infiltrate Venom's secret base in Paris and thwart their plan to bomb the city unless they are paid $1 billion. Oh, we got to do it right. $1 billion. <laughs> Can Buddy use the element of disguise to penetrate Venom's defense? Can Matt Trekkers save Scott and T-Bob from atop the Eiffel Tower? I guess we'll find out. But wait a minute. We already did. <laughs> That's why we're doing a review. That's <laughs> true. And and Jason had a rating of four, and I guess I thought it was a pretty dang good episode because I made it a five. Yeah. So let's find out why I made it a five, <laughs> <laughs> and why Jason made it a four.
0: Well, I again we were this along the lines with the voters on this one. Eighty-nine percent voted five or four, with fifty percent overall voting for five. So a lot of people thought this was a good episode. Um, I definitely thought this was the best episode so far of the first several. They were still creative with uh, the shots and animation, like uh, what I call Buddy Dagger uh, shooting that harpoon gun Mm -hmm. right at the camera. That was really cool. And then uh, towards the end of the episode, we got to see Buddy fold up inside uh, Hurricane, uh, if you remember, when he was up in the turret and it collapses and he folds up and
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. the
0: uh the door there to to talk to matt uh and we had mentioned this before i think mainly with uh jackhammer when we saw vanessa go from the passenger seat up into the turret i want to say that was scepter of regime when that happened i think Uh, i think so they were out in the jungle there but um i always like to see how things work and I know you do as well. So seeing that was pretty cool, and you know, essentially the the people putting that in specifically to show that I thought was was cool. So and again, this like you mentioned before, this plot was pretty uh, realistic, holding the city hostage, you know, for money. So it wasn't, uh, and it, again, I, I don't necessarily knock the episodes that are mystical, but these plots always seem to work better for me. What really knocked me down on this episode was they didn't have a call up. They just had Matt and buddy, you know, driving around Paris and seemingly decided to face venom on their own. They didn't even call for backup, which really wasn't typical. And then the other thing that really got me was the stupid footstep sound effects that they put in for T-Bob. Yeah.
2: (sighs) I don't see why we've got to get up at the crack of dawn just to see a bunch of paintings. Yeah, before your dad gave him that painting, we could look at it any time we wanted to.
0: You know, the whole episode they're just walking around Paris trying to find the Eiffel Tower and so that's all we heard was those clip-clop, clip-clop, you know, sound effects and that just kind of wore on me and, and that's why I knocked it down to four. But, uh, what was in your notes that held you up as a five.
1: I guess it was really the, the uh, detail in the animation. They really went, I think a couple steps above uh, uh, just the, the way they handled the animation, the drawing and such uh, there. I know there was a lot better drama going on, even with the, the clever uh, disguise that buddy was doing. Uh, uh, I think there was even a comment. The, and I don't know. I don't know the exact, but it was like, did you see me walk through here? I think that's what Dagger was actually saying.
2: Hey, are you still here? And make it snappy this time. We haven't got all day. Wait! Wait! Where'd he go? When I get him, I'm gonna... After him! He's a spy! He saw the map! Get him.
1: And I started actually referring to him for, for... just for my own sanity... I would say legit dagger and fake dagger, something to that effect. But um, oh, this is also the episode where we, we get the name change for the for Hurricane. Right. It was Night Stalker originally, and now it's Hurricane? And uh, oh yeah, Matt in uh, in Thunderhawk pulls this. I called it the the uh, Men in Black move. If you remember the original episode where where, uh,
2: where he goes up don't in push the tunnel, button.
1: yeah, yes. when they're in that tunnel. And um, so that I kind of likened it to the men in black move driving Thunderhawk up on the tunnel wall there. But to me, there wasn't that much to call up as much as I like it. It was a small ding, but not enough to drop it down a whole mm-hmm. point. So that's why I kept it as a, as a five.
0: Well, I, in, I think the voters were pretty much on your side with that. It didn't, didn't bother them as much as probably it did me, but it still wasn't <laughs> enough to, you know, drop it down any more than, the solid four that I voted it. So it was definitely one of the better episodes of this group. And that led us on to another really great episode in the Netherlands.
1: This episode is in Dutch. The madman hires Venom to destroy the flood dikes in the Netherlands in order to extort a political position in parliament. Can masks save the city and destroy Venom's ultrasonic device before it's too late? I guess we'll find out again. <laughs> so um, we both rated this at 79% of the voters saying it was a five with uh, 21% saying it was a four. So this was a pretty, pretty premier type of uh, episode, at least during this, uh, is this episode five of this season, I guess we call it. Yes. So.
0: Yeah, it was very solid episode, uh, as voted by the the fans and us. Um, it turned out to be one of the best of the season. There was some good writing that offset some of the bad jokes, which, if you make me laugh, it really helps to forget some of the bad jokes <laughs> that you're adding in there, the dumb puns. But uh, I had some genuine laugh-out-loud moments there. And there was great dramatic elements throughout yes, of the episode at the beginning when they're swept away in the in that river of water. And when Matt gets shot down and in the ocean and Spectrum shorts out and Thunderhawk pretty much shorts out on him, except for that one uh, rocket booster that he uses to, to get him out from the bottom of the ocean there, but, which the entry into the water after he shot down was some some really cool animation with the waves. There was some other shots too that they use uh focusing where something's out of focus and then they focus in really good uh shots there and then some excellent transformations of the vehicles used mm-hmm. uh when shark and gator I think it's just shark and gator in this episode come on scene,
1: and the
0: the animation was was definitely top-notch. And Scott and T-Bob, they were used just about the right amount. They weren't necessarily involved directly with the plot of the episode. They were kind of in the peripheral. But they helped in solving the the mystery, so to speak. Uh, And then especially finding uh, that uh, windmill (laughs) <laughs> flying in the air. Right.
2: Look out! It's falling over! No, it isn't! It's flying! It's flying! Quick! Call down on your radio! Dad! Dad! You sound excited, Scott. We found a windmill that really does fly. It's headed northwest from M- Roger, I'm off to play Don Quixote. Flying windmill. Hmm,
0: that's even stranger than a flying car. What did you pull out of this episode, and what, what kept it top-notch for you? Well
1: I was going to say 4.5, but rounded up.
0: Oh, you were? Okay.
1: Yeah, my notes say um, this, the big tick I guess I had was when Miles uh, is standing up in his landing skid, or skidless when he lost the one landing skid, uh-huh. and uh, he's waving. But you know, there's no scream or or anything like that. There's there should have been additional something there. Like he would typically, "Ugh," or "I'll get your mask" or something. It yeah. was just nothing. And so I did ding it, even though I don't I don't know if it was intentionally left blank. But I, I still did ding it. I was disappointed that Gator wasn't used until the end when he picks up uh, Alec and his cat.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It's being um, being late in the episode.
1: What was he doing out there? Water donuts? I don't know what he was doing. But I, like you mentioned, I, I enjoyed the back and forth between the drama and the, and the action and so forth. There seemed to be a lot more of a battle, uh, which was actually good to see. Yes. Um, mentioned it. Uh, perhaps you just... Discussed it while I was reading my notes here, where we wished we could have seen uh, the oil rig turned into a toy.
0: Yeah, would have been kind of cool. Yeah, that was a an excellent part of the episode. Watching that thing go it's from the, over.
1: Yeah, get, yeah, that whole platform, sequence.
0: Yeah. That was really good, and uh, even showing that compartment where the piranha sub shoots mm-hmm. out of the side
1: mm-hmm. of
0: it uh, when Rax comes on scene. That was really good,
1: right, but uh, that's my two cents in the episode.
0: so it was it was a good one. It was a good one yeah. and then we, we transitioned into another good one, the Honor mystery, which uh, had us in Vienna, Austria.
1: plot here with the Lippenzoner mystery is we are in Vienna, Austria. Venom and a crooked Arab steal the famous Lippinzahner stallions. Matt, Dusty, and the team work together to rescue the horses and return them to their rightful owners. And both Jason and I were, I guess, of one mind. We both had a 4.5, but rounded up to a 5. With uh, Looks like the majority of the voters thought the same. Uh, rated it as a five. With uh, that was seventy-three percent of those, and we had a few votes that were scattered abroad.
0: Yeah, this was uh, again another great episode in this stretch of this uh, season of Mass Cast. Uh, only a couple drawbacks, mainly for me, was the logistics of the other agents showing up so soon, being halfway across the world in america and it seemed like they were there in like 30 minutes and it, we had talked about this before about well how fast is the mass transport plane you know to haul all those vehicles you would right. think it wouldn't be terribly fast but it was never explained so that always bugged me in, in some of these episodes when they seem to show up almost instantaneously when they need them so that would kind of knock me down a little bit on this one, and then the convenience of the vehicles and and the agents getting to the vehicles in the final battle there it was a it was a great uh, battle there was a a lot of mask use at the end torch firing fireballs at buddy up in the rafters
1: That was actually cool
0: right and then I think this is also the episode where Vanessa uses whip to uh, strangle buddy Mm -hmm. and he has to use the penetrator mask to get out of that stranglehold from whip which is pretty creative now these treasures are all mine
2: not all yours your highness it's mask too bad venom whip on penetrator on
0: it seemed like the agents got to their vehicles too quickly and they just happened to be in the right spot at the right time. Like when shark showed up there at the end to, uh, I think she either, I think she corralled a piranha actually in a net or, or maybe it was mayhem Mayhem. where he he landed in the water after Matt shoots him down out of the air. Right. So Just those logistical issues was what kind of knocked it down. They were, you know, like I said, very creative with the mask battle. And I like that they referenced, T-Bob and Scott referenced other episodes at the beginning of this one, which was very cool. And Matt even hinted that there were more Venom agents right? with uh, the four regulars being on scene at the end of the episode, I think, when they were wanting to go pursue Venom. So uh, there were some interesting little tidbits like that in this one that made it a, a great episode.
1: Yeah, and it was a great episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh you pretty much covered everything I was gonna talk about. <laughs> um the the only real hang-ups that I had really were I guess it was just that like you said, it was just too quick, too too fast on the scene, uh, and to jump from the US we have no idea where Boulder Hill really sits, uh, at least even in an in an imaginative type of mindset. Mm-hmm. To me, Boulder Hill sits kind of in a desert area, so I'm thinking in my mind it has to be in the uh, the mid to part of the western front. I'm thinking Arizona, New Mexico, maybe part of Texas, and northward that a- arena. But still, I mean. Unless this thing has, you know, the turbo button from Airwolf. uh, (laughs) I just can't see it getting there that fast. However, we've learned that it actually has a hover mode, like a freaking Harrier. So Yes,
0: that was actually in this stretch.
1: Yeah, so... uh,
0: Yeah, and there was some funny humor in this one as well mm -hmm. that offset the usual puns. So I think that's why I kept it pretty high and only had one half point off (laughs) for the... uh, for the episode. Uh, and then we kind of, well, at least for me, went downhill a little bit with the next episode in Australia.
1: And that's uh, the, titled The Sacred Rock, where Venom tricks a tribe of Australian Aborigines in order to steal their treasure. It's up to Mask to protect the tribe. And also rescue Scott and T-Bob, but without the use of a damaged Thunderhawk. Jason rated this as a three, where I rated it as a four. Seventy-five percent voted a four or three. Uh, we had a vote for a five, and then a vote for a one, which was pretty. I think we even commented that that was pretty remarkable that it was yeah that far down on the on the yeah, list.
0: I wasn't that uh <laughs> that harsh. On this episode, though, it seemed to be more in the middle of the pack, as the voters noted there. Uh, Again, this was just kind of an okay episode for me. The animation still was top-notch. There was this awesome rainbow effect from the Hocus Pocus mask uh, at the end of the episode where he makes that rock creature or whatever it was to, to frighten everybody. But I remember being pretty bored with it in the first half. There's just too much of Scott and T-Bob uh, involved, I think, in this episode. And the action wasn't there. I mean, the big dramatic point at the halfway was Scott and T-Bob skidding down the side of this mountain that they mm-hmm. weren't supposed to climb in the first place. So I'm like, well, you morons, you shouldn't have you know, been up there. You wouldn't have fell back. Listen to T-Bob. You know, yeah, really. He was trying to keep him on the ground, but Scott and his uh, meddling self uh, had to get a better look, which I was even wondering how he was supposed to get a better look. Anyway. That's it.
2: I absolutely refuse to go 12 steps farther. But T Bob, I've made up my mind. I'm going down. To- oh!
0: the other thing that kind of bugged me was when they had the mask agents walking around talking to each other, but there was no kind of communication device. Mm -hmm. Didn't have their mask on, didn't have a walkie or or anything. So we're like, well, how are they talking to each other? Right. kind of Bugged me. But, and then the, the other thing that kind of bugged me too was, well, they crushed Thunderhawk, which was kind of cool. We always like to see the mortality of the vehicles and, damage, you know, actual damage that would would happen in real life, you know, if you had one. But right next to Thunderhawk was well, Rhino. And they could have jumped in Rhino and done some damage you know, to it. Venom. So, I'm not sure why <laughs> and they, I don't know, I think we joked that um, they might have used Rhino to change in their flight suit. So, I think there was one little occasion there where they were in their civvies and
2: Mm-hmm. all of a sudden
0: or maybe it was their masks where they get their masks and they got them out of rhino or something i don't know but <laughs> you destroy thunderhawk and you leave rhino sitting right beside it and don't use it right that was puzzling but what else did you uh pull out of this one
1: well it seemed like it took quite a while to really get the the gist of the plot that was gonna go- happen mm-hmm. um, at least for me and then uh I I guess I didn't like the a couple of little things I didn't like was the was a odd door hinge sound effect I can't remember exactly the sound but it was so like why did they even use that effect uh, Oh,
0: was it was on the well I remember one where where T Bob and Scott are in that treasure room and they have that huge uh, door mm-hmm. and it was more of a mechanical sound Yeah, than an actual like rock scraping, you know, right. that you would think it would be.
1: Right. The, there was a, like you identified the communication back and forth with them. They weren't using anything at all. So I don't know how they were communicating. So I remember dinging that. The other one was how the vehicles got there uh, kind of abruptly because it was just Thunderhawk and Rhino. And then all of a sudden we have Condor come out of, from nowhere mm-hmm. so you know where did they pull that one out of to be honest
0: yeah yeah um, i remember that
1: but you know i guess um i like the animation i liked how they captured the the there was a an effect on the eyes and i can't remember whose it was but there was like <laughs> a glowing effect that was going on and there, then there was a shimmering effect going on as well towards the end yeah, uh, there was a decent battle. You got the you have like a rocket launcher type battle going on. Maybe not a rocket launcher but a rocket battle, bombs.
0: Yeah, um, I remember that was kind of ticked me off too when mayhem seemed to have like an endless supply of those missiles. Yeah. And he's just pummeling the side of that rock mountain. Mhm. Like where is he getting all these missiles from? That's it. We've only seen one, maybe two three at the most come out of that thing. And it seemed like he had shot a dozen or so out of there.
2: We've got to stop mayhem. If venom keeps blasting at the rocks, we'll never get them out. <laughs> a few more blasts and the treasure will be mine.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's really the, the highlights of what from that episode for me, I, it was a, uh, I guess not worthy enough to drop it down to a three, but probably it was probably a week four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, again, speaking of week, um, at least in my eyes, was uh, the next episode, Curse of Solomon's Gorge, where we went to Africa.
1: Matt Tracker and Alex Sector. Go to Africa to investigate an archaeological project. While there, Scott and T-Bob discover a lost treasure along with Miles Mayhem, and it's up to Mask, once again, to save them. Jason wasn't too thrilled about this episode, marking it as a 3, where I marked it as a 4.5, rounding it up to a 5. Really, this the poll was scattered. Uh, 29% voted it for a 5, 4, or a 2, with Jason being the odd man out Voting it as a three.
0: Yeah, it was all over the board. Um, definitely top heavy, where you have what is that? About 58% voting five or four, but you still had enough in the threes and twos, mm-hmm. me being the lone three, that kind of offset that. So the average is probably somewhere more in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it was just an okay episode for me. Scott and T-Bob got the better of me with those stupid flu jokes. Mm -hmm. And we had T-Bob's annoying footsteps again.
1: So... (laughs) Yeah,
0: that was a double whammy (laughs) for this episode. But there was a cool moment where we got to see T-Bob's rocket booster feature that we hadn't seen before. Right. With the the drama at the halfway point there where they're almost going to get crushed in that wall. And then... The other really cool point was where we saw Mayhem's face through the Viper mask visor yeah, that
1: in that one me. shot.
0: Interlopers,
2: this is That's my treasure! Hang glider on! Mayhem, why don't you pick on someone your own side? My pleasure! Viper, on! Fool, I have you trapped! It's just a matter of time! Viper, they
0: ah! Again, they're, they're being creative with the, the animation, with the camera shots and angles. It was really good and really creative. I was, for the most part, confused on how this gorge mechanism worked and how it kind of flowed into that river and waterfall where Shark ends up saving Matt uh, towards the end of the episode, which was a I think we both agreed was a great moment. Yes. Because um, Matt, the I think the uh, spectrum mass short circuited again. He couldn't mm-hmm. use it to save himself after pushing uh, T-Bob and Scott onto the skid of uh, Condor to save them as he's floating down this river. Right. But again, just the the the, the places where Mayhem's working that mechanism. And I think at one point he's, he has to tell Dagger that they have to wait so long to, for it to reset. But they seem to be using it really quick there at the end again. And I'm like, I don't know. It just wasn't consistent with how it, you know, worked. But And then there's that one point, I think, where Jackhammer's uh, shooting at um, somebody down in the gorge. And then all of a sudden he's up on top when the – transport plane appears and i think shark goes after him right so he just magically <laughs> got from the the gorge up to a top there without any you know setup shots or whatever but what else did you uh pull out of this one
1: well i was disappointed that they didn't use gloria uh, until like towards the end of the whole episode it was like just like that other episode where gator didn't do anything and Um, until the last moment Uh, what happened the other one was where there was a fight between with Vanessa and she kind of vanished uh, as well so that that kind of marked it down a little bit for me the comical part was where Rax is kind of relegated to just working a switch because he's not keeping up with his Miles's plans, I oh, guess. Yeah,
0: and, and Miles even tells him at one point, I think, I've got a special job for you or something. Right. You know. <laughs> he's up there just pushing the button.
2: <laughs> I guess you want me to help collect the treasure. Forget it. I'm doing it alone. What do you mean? You couldn't have done this operation without me. I'm the one who risked my life blasting the water passage clear so that this thing works right. I have something you'll like even better, yeah, what's that? It's complicated work, but I think you can handle it. you stay here and push the lever when I tell you to
1: I remember what I liked about it. you already highlighted uh, really that kept the I guess the points for me higher was how we the creativity that was behind the artist who we saw we saw miles's face behind the the visor of yeah of his mask. Even though we don't know the true workings of how that gorge functioned, it was obviously done with some kind of water pressure. So I like right. to, even though it was very vague for us, it was ingenious in, in the way to, to make the whole cliffs and such move. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I, the other tech you already identified is, you know, T-Bob sneezing and having the flu and, Always coming up with. If you would have taken me in for my checkup, I wouldn't have yeah. this.
0: Uh, Flu. Yeah. Fulty linkage unit. Can't believe I remember that.
1: <laughs> um, oh, the other one was that was kind of comical. Is where there's a there's a burp. I think is it maybe it's from Bruce as Matt calls in the troops, and yet no one. Uh, that, yet we we don't get the like the the roundtable call up. Oh, that's what it yeah. was. it's not a burp. Was, of, it's a blorp. That's how I wrote. <laughs> he, um, was at,
0: he was at Boulder Hill uh, at the controls, but yeah, that was but the it. computer didn't used.
1: do anything. The computer didn't do the call up. It's like he, uh, <laughs> operator, oh, we're gonna t- connect you to the line.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That old telephone <laughs> switching thing. But uh, I, yeah, I get
0: a t- chuckle too because. Uh, T-Bob says at one point, blowing unit on to blow yeah. his nose.
1: Yeah, that was hilarious.
0: Uh, <laughs> I laughed, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was more in the middle on this episode, and you, I guess, kind of overlooked or uh, didn't see it as I did and saw some of the higher points for right. what they were. But... uh we ended pretty well, I think, on this season with these last two episodes, beginning with The Green Nightmare.
1: Yes, and this is where uh, it was kind of the finally getting a origin story. You know, it only took them 39 episodes, <laughs> right. but just something... <laughs> Venom sabotages Matt Tracker's private jet among the jungles of New Guinea to steal a valuable crystal. The rest of the mask Team must work together to help defeat Venom and a tribe of natives to rescue his stranded Matt, Scott, and T-Bob. Jason marked this as a four, where I marked it as a five, and it was basically fifty-fifty fives and fours for the for the poll. Yeah, and yeah. I think this was a great. Uh, like I said just just a little bit ago, it was finally where we got the origin of things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally got to hear a little bit of backstory of how Mask came about and their technology using this crystal to uh, essentially power up the masks from what uh, Alex said at the beginning. And then uh, the whole story of... Uh, I, and I like this flashback too with Matt's father crashing their... Several years ago, and, and that's how he got the crystal and for saving the, the chief's life.
2: In gratitude for saving his life, Warago gave my father his tribe's most valuable possession, the crystal.
1: Why'd he do that?
2: Because Warago trusted my father to use it to benefit mankind. I promised Warago to return the crystal one day after I learned the secret of its power.
0: There was pretty good drama too like throughout this episode mm-hmm. uh, at the break where Matt's plane is essentially pushed over the cliff with the crocodile, you know, T-Bob saving the day there right. for them. Even running through the jungle from Venom and the uh, natives there was good drama. And, and at the end there where Matt and Scott and T-Bob are all tied up at those stakes after their I guess, captured. Right. We also got the – this is where we got the details on the transport plane and its engines can move up and down to essentially like a Harrier right? and can hover. That was a nice little detail that we got. And uh, I don't know. T-Bob's rampant jokes and I was a little bit confused with that there was a good – set of natives and there's a bad set of Mm -hmm. natives that really didn't come together towards the end, I guess is what kept me from rating this a notch higher to a five where you were. But overall I thought it was well-written and of course the animation was great. Um, What did you pull out of green nightmare?
1: Same. Uh, I, to me, the action was really, really great. Uh, I was, you know, in a, in a good suspense throughout the whole episode. Like you, it, it seems to be, um, segmented episodes where they got to add some more human traits to t bob i think we saw it in the last season where it'd be like two or three episodes of something and then we finally it would fizzle out and then another and it's i think we're on that two or three round again where now he's being tickled by a yeah. Stinging, yeah. stinging bug but i liked it and in a way i liked it because you'd see the bug come out the artist would have to have enough sense to make it Twitch its antennae or something, and then crawl back in. Yeah, it wasn't just you know a dot, and then it goes back and it disappears. So yeah. I, I guess in that way I liked. Uh, I don't remember marking it either way, but I do remember it kind of sticking out.
2: They're getting away after them. We did it, T-Bob. <laughs> no! oh, oh, oh!
1: it was a very high energy episode. I was still a little, I guess, befuddled how Scott knows how to override the autopilot on the plane. Yeah.
0: yeah, That was a little stretch.
1: <laughs> and then seeing this, uh, we call them telephone rooms or communications rooms, but seeing wires just strung about and yeah. hey, let's just pull this one.
0: Yeah. That just, was, that was a little over the top with how that all went down. We know he's a little bit mechanically inclined. Obviously he, supposedly is the creator of T Bob. Right. But that was a little stretch. Yeah. Definitely. Right.
1: The only other minor tick obviously I I actually have in my notes I wrote it as a four point eight. So, <laughs> so it was much of a very minor tick, but how Matt in in always being prepared, he took the jet, the the company jet I guess, the Lear or whatever, and didn't even have at least his spectrum mask with him.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: so, he, I know it added to the drama, but still, it's just that <laughs> he can carry the laptop. Why can't he carry his mask case with yeah, him? Yeah,
0: you you would think so, especially if he has a spare, like we identified in the in this final episode. Yeah, which was uh, which was stolen for Indiana Jones four. No, <laughs> uh, Eyes of the Skull, where they uh, they're on the streets of San Francisco, in this one.
1: Adams' leader, Miles Mayhem, uses an ancient crystal skull with an x-ray vision capability to see through Matt Tracker's mask. Discovering his true identity on the streets of San Francisco, Mayhem then kidnaps Matt's son, Scott Tracker. The ransom for Scott's safe return includes all of Mask's technology and masks, the identities of all the agents, and the location of Boulder Hill. And we both gave this a five, although Jason gave it a half-tick. As a 4.5, running it up. Mm-hmm. But the poll was really strong here. We had 93% that voted for either a five or a four. 54% voted for a five, though. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think this was a pretty good episode.
0: Yeah, it was a fun episode to end on. Of course, we, I think, both enjoyed Matt and Miles calling each other by name. Yes. Uh, resounded since it's, uh, you know, a big part of our movie script that they know each other. And, you know, there's been several times throughout the series where (laughs) Venom should have put two and two together. And, oh, this kid in this walking trash can seemed to be showing up (laughs) a lot. They must have something to do with mask, you know. And finally, this episode, we get just uh, essentially through this crystal skull Mayhem's able to identify Matt Tracker, but the puns were there in this episode and the jokes, but there were some well-written ones that yeah. offset it for me. Again, the animation was great and I liked the transition that they used twice of the skull on Thunderhawk's uh, dashboard computer and then fading right into the actual skull that was in like Mayhem's hand or maybe Rack's and then they did it back once they were in the bank Seeing the actual skull, and then it goes right back on the Thunderhawks uh, onboard computer there. So mm-hmm. that was really a really cool transition that was thought out. Uh, I would would have liked some more serious attitude <laughs> with uh, you know Mask's existence on the line. Yeah, but you know Matt chimed in with several times to essentially lighten the mood, uh, even when he was hanging off of the side there.
1: <laughs> oh, <I'm> just <laughs> hanging game.
0: around. Yeah. Uh, you can see me any time now, guys, you know. Yeah! Matt. Hi guys. I'm having a swinging time down here. I would have liked a more serious attitude with Matt in this one. I don't mind it sometimes just to take light of the situation, but it was this was pretty serious, man. This is Yeah, the, it was. This is essentially VMS I think one person commented that the closest they've come to defeating mask. Uh, and there, it was a nice scene where they've got Matt surrounded there on the golden gate bridge. Mm -hmm. Jack hammer, I think was in front piranha behind and mayhem and switchblade circling overhead with the fog, you know, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, They thought this one out.
0: They did. They really did. And I don't know, I guess the ticks added up enough to, Drop this a half point down, but mm-hmm. it was still a a, a, a great episode. Uh, what else did you remember from Eyes of the Skull?
1: I liked the. Uh, I know that I kind of liked the use of that laser beam to to, to steal the skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when when Miles is basically experimenting with uh, you know a bank on Sunday, which is funny because the alarm never went off when they broke into it anyway. Uh, and I remember giving it a tick, you know, how do they estimate that it's when when he's using it? Oh, it's about the range of about 15 feet. <laughs> and then he's figured out the keypad, which buttons to push for the combination. I know that was a kind of a tick for me, but the other little minor tick, uh, I, I probably should have marked it down more now that I'm looking it over, but how T-Bob in his, in his, uh, Rescue mode, I'll call it, going after Scott. He crashes into that fire hydrant, and his water is spewing out through him, and it doesn't short-circuit him whatsoever.
2: Look out, T-Bob! It's a laser gun! Whoa! Yeah, yeah! (laughs) T-Bob! Now that's what I call being washed up. Everything's
1: gone down the drain that all aside, it was a great episode. they did it right. they had a very for me, the suspense was there just the entire time. the animation was it was great, still not a lot of mask use and i I remember that we highlighted this i think all, all the way throughout this this season, so to speak, but um yeah, I guess overall it was just a awesome, great episode, like you said. Uh, just a little bit ago on my previous uh, review is where we noticed that we kind of think that there's spare masks.
0: Yeah. Um, cause, Cause I, I didn't, saw yeah, there's with them. Right.
1: And there still is lifter and spectrum as dusty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dusty is packing them away. So,
0: yeah, but, uh, well let's, uh, I guess transition since we've given our two cents through, uh, you know on our recollection of uh, each one i'm going to refresh the the online poll here and as customary i created a poll with uh, all 10 episodes and asked everybody to essentially vote for their favorites you could have voted for one or two or as many as you wanted and uh we had a total of 31 votes the one that got the most was Eyes of the Skull, number 40, at uh, 29%. And then right after that was Green Nightmare at 16, and second place. And then right behind that was In Dutch, and then we had, which was uh, 13%, 10% of the people voted for Currency, Conspiracy, Lippenzoner Honor, Mystery, and... The Curse of Solomon's Gorge with uh, just a couple votes for Sacred Rock and Peril in Paris. And Deadly Blue Slime and Caesar's Sword didn't get any votes. Wow. So I guess for the most part, those were along our lines. We didn't have any comments, but uh, I did break out down here essentially some more statistics which I always like to go through the best episode for each of us. I had a one solid five this season. It was in Dutch. And at least according to my notes, Wyatt, you had three that were a solid five peril and Paris green nightmare and eyes of the skull. And then our combined best, I was thinking uh, in Dutch, you had a solid five, but you said that you had 4.5 and rounded up the combined best ones would would be Eyes of the Skull and In-Dutch. I think mainly those two that one of us had a solid five and one of us had a uh, 4.5 mm-hmm. to give it a total of nine and a half points there between us. The worst for each of us, there's actually several that tied for the three range. We didn't. This was the first season we didn't have a two, which – which was surprising, actually, because, I, like I said, I remember thinking a couple could have gotten down in that range. But for one reason or another, there was enough to offset and put me more in the middle. Uh, the combined worst one that we had was uh, Deadly Blue Slime, Currency Conspiracy. Those ones were at a total of seven. So one of us would have voted four, one of us would have voted three. And then there was a couple like Caesar Sword and Curse of Solomon's Gorge that were 7.5, where one of us gave it a half point in there in between. But overall, when you're comparing these to the other seasons of MassCast, the 10-episode the stretches, uh, we rated this section pretty much the highest. If you take you know the combined total... Like, I gave uh, three episodes of five, three episodes of four, and four threes. That totals 39, mm-hmm. which is the highest. Uh, this, the season one stretch of one through ten was 38. Eleven through 20 was 32. And 21 through 30 was 35 for me. So, this is actually the best so far that I've rated. And with your ratings, why you were... Also, uh, the highest that you've been so far. Yeah. Giving, uh, giving this uh, six fives and four fours, nothing uh, below a four, which was surprising. Right. Uh, for a total of 46, uh, your one to 10 season stretch was 44, 11 to 20, 36, and 21 to 30 was 42. So, 31 to 40 was pretty good. <laughs> it
1: was a very good stretch.
0: I I did not see this coming. And I guess maybe because it did have some peaks and valleys, you know, it started off kind of slow for me, and then it went up, and then it leveled off again towards the middle, and then it ended on a really good note. So right. I wasn't really, you know, it, it wasn't really high the whole 10 episodes, but... This was cool. So I, I guess we're going to be recommending, if you're going to start at Mask, uh, start at episode 31 and go to 40.
1: Yeah. So you're looking for 10 <laughs> episodes.
0: You actually start at about 33 and then <laughs> pick up with the last. No. Um, that was just interesting for me to see. And You got any yeah. thoughts on that?
1: Well, it is. It's very interesting. Uh, I'm glad you do this, these statistics because I, I like stats, but I don't like doing them.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well uh, I'm I'm not much of a bean counter either, but I do enjoy seeing the statistics. But it's, it is
1: fun because out. you can see where we are. Um if you could do kind of the kind of the, the line chart graph, yeah. you can see where we're at. And it is interesting to see like you like you pointed out, the 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 better and this is just our ratings. We we right. we could be completely far off the spectrum with other people's ratings, but you know, just us two, we would personally be able to recommend episodes one through ten and thirty-one through forty as the top tier episodes to to go watch first, right. and you know, take a lazy day or have it in the background for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> right, right,
0: right. So, yeah, that was that was real interesting to see. And then, uh as kind of a final note to wrap up the review, we always. Pick one moment that is our favorite of there, and I wrote down several. I, in as I'm going through these episodes, I did you know leave a spot in there for our least favorite moments, but I didn't end up writing anything in there. Uh, I was focused so much on some of the great shots and uh, the animation and such. Um, I actually put down one, two, three, four, five, seven. Uh, instances in these ten episodes that really stood out how, how many did you have or how did you do your your did you have some least favorites
1: the really the least favorite really was just the more human traits that they threw on t bob I guess it was just too human like yeah um, but the best was really. It's kind of hard because I, I, I kind of I bring it down to two.
2: Okay. They really,
1: they really improved upon their animation. I don't know if they did a clean slate mm-hmm. drawing team, animation team, or you know they kind of did a did the three Stooges smack. Let's get the <laughs> you know let's get you woken up. Get some more ten more coffee, uh, cups of coffee. Yeah. Um, Just, but it was a great animation that that was going on, artistry and thoughtfulness into it. So.
0: Yeah, and just to stop you there for a second, my kind of eye-opening moment was, I believe, episode thirty, which was one that you kind of rated poorly, but that I could definitely tell a different, either animation team or a step up in mm-hmm. the quality of the animation with episode 30, which had me really excited to get into this 10 episode stretch and to see how that they kept that high quality and, uh, and overall and just how they kept that high quality throughout this 10 episode stretch and hopefully throughout the rest of the series was really impressive. Right. And, And I did really like that, but was there any other specific moments that, Stood out to you besides just kind of the overall quality,
1: the quality. And then the background, you know, the getting the kind of the yeah. history of, which was really the last two episodes, really mm-hmm. that was the highlights for me out of this, this season was what was those, those points is we could finally get a an origin story and then how, how there's at least a small connection with how uh, Matt and miles know each other.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I'm, I'm on that. Um, uh, The, the ransom phone call in that last episode from mayhem to Matt, you know, where he's on the speaker phone and would I be talking to the leader of mask? And he, you know, he calls him Matt tracker. That was a great moment. Yeah. Um, The other ones that I wrote down was that awesome sweeping shot and conversion of Rhino and, Night Stalker, a.k.a. Hurricane, mm-hmm. Currency, Conspiracy. And, of course, Bruce's uh, Batman trick, right. also in that episode, I thought were, were cool moments. The Dagger Showdown, I'll call it, in Peril in Paris, where you got Buddy dressed up as Dagger, and they have that confrontation yeah. in uh, yeah. Venom's hideout there. I thought that was a real cool moment we identified that shot of mayhem through the viper mask in in the curse of solomon's gorge that was really cool the two that i really liked was actually more on the venom side that switchblade's conversion from the windmill to you know shredding that outer shell and becoming right. switchblade i thought was a real awesome animation sequence mm-hmm. Just from the beginning, when it's on the ground and it speeds up, and takes off, and you're wondering, what in the world? <laughs> and then as soon as those wings pop out from the sides, you're like, oh, it's Swiss blade. Right. And, you know, the, the rotors come down, and that huge blast from the engines, and it just shreds that skin. Right. I think some of it actually flies back and hits Thunderhawk, right?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Blinds him for a while, and that's how he kind of loses him in the episode. I thought that was a real cool moment. But the one that really, I guess, kind of stood out to me as a fun moment, cool moment, was in Caesar's sword when Mayhem strikes that He-Man pose with Mm -hmm. the sword while he's on top of the jackhammer turret. And he's, I have the sword of Caesar! what are you going to do suckers? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, it was kind of, it was a cool moment too, because up to that point, you know, the, the penny hadn't dropped quote unquote where, you know, the sword was just a sword and they, at that point, we didn't know if it had some powers or something. And if mask was going to be able to, uh, fight against them or, or what's going on. Uh, and then, you know, they do that whole smoke trick with, uh, Thunderhawk disappearing and those smoke bombs to make it look like it was magical. And Mayhem's confused when he sees him again. He's like, I destroyed you. What's you know? <laughs> how did that happen? But I don't know. Right. That that moment just kinda of resounded with me and that pose that he takes with that sword. I thought was really a really fun moment. So well that is uh that will do it for the overall, you know, review of our season four, we did want to mention, like Wyatt said in the beginning, of course, our interview with uh, Brendan McCain, and Sharon Noble, that was really fun. Uh, we had some other special podcasts that we did. But we essentially had the beginning of MassCast Chat right in this uh, season, and it was something we really hadn't planned. If you you know looked at our original plan. That we did at the end of last year, it was to review episodes 31 to 50, and we were supposed to be up to 50 at this point. But we did uh, several chats, uh, I want to say about seven or eight total. Some of them were just getting in the hangout with Bill or Eric or sometimes both and talking about the rumors that were going around. Uh, You came up with the one about the vehicle dashboards, which was really fun. And I know you put a lot of time into pulling those screenshots. (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: Uh, fun, though. I loved it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was a really fun chat. And then uh, I think right after that is the one that I came up with about the split second series and all that um, theories and origins on how that could have came about. Right. And then, uh, of course, RetroCon, we've had a fun uh, chat kind of a tailgate show <laughs> after we uh we visited and, and had that uh experience with Doug Stone. And then of course Mask Day we had uh Bill on the line and we got to uh to chat a little bit about that and just talk about whatever the, right. that day had some good interaction with the fans that were that came on with us to the hangout. We also had a fun talk about the series two toys with both uh Bill and Eric. And it was fun because, of course, Bill, in his uh, room there where he podcasts from, he's got all the toys set up. And I did bring out mine as well. And we were, you know, shooting those missiles from Outlaw and <laughs> uh, having a little fun with, uh, you know, essentially being a video chat. Uh, right. So that if, was... you, if you
1: go back to the uh, Masked Day chat. Uh-huh. Um, that's what Bill did for a good majority of the, the show is he was just walking basically through the whole, uh, I'll call it mask museum that he has.
0: Yeah. I did so, go back and listen to that while I was uh, trying to get to a point where I could get online with you guys. And uh, that was neat for him to do. And then this was the debut mask cast 43, which was deadly blue slime episode 31 was the first time we changed over to the get your mask on segment. So (laughs) I had to throw that in there that uh, we changed that over and and started doing that. And I put together that little sound effect that we do that I forgot to to put in, uh, I think, last episode (laughs) when I was producing. But um, Mm -hmm. that was fun to actually name that quote unquote mask community news segment that we had been doing for a good bit of the podcast. Right. uh, Since we started. But, um, I put together a little bit of a plan for season five. Um, uh, of course we'll be reviewing episodes 41 to 50, uh, which we, you know, originally planned to do this year, but with the mass cast chat got pushed back, which is fine. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, this entire, I won't call the season, but this year, it's lasted, and we did uh, probably around 20 episodes, so almost a two per month. We're still on track for what we had originally planned to do for 2015. Actually, we've done 18 so far, I think counting this one mm-hmm. in 2015, so hopefully we'll be able to get a couple more in and, and get that number up to 20. But we're still going to be looking at doing some special episodes in this next stretch. Obviously, we want some more voice actor interviews, and I want to get back to the comic books and get into that uh, second volume that was released, I believe, in later in '85 and and part of '86. Actually, it might have been all '86, and maybe even '87, when there was nine comics that was released, and those stories look a, a lot more interesting and. I've read most of them. Um, they get into the, I think, more mystical side, kind of like the cartoon. Um, then those that first series of four that we reviewed, if you'll remember, was a right, continuation right. story, and it was a more had a more practical plot. I think they were going after a satellite or something. Uh, I think so. If I can remember, but they went from you know venue to venue. Uh so I'm I really want to get back into the comic books and 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 see more into that world as well. And uh hopefully Eric will be available, our uh, our resident mass comic book expert <laughs> uh to to come along and, and take us through there. But uh as kind of a final note, I wanted to go through and we can go back and forth on this, Wyatt, and look at the the plots and I Typically the plots I get are from Wikipedia and the episode guide that's on there. And some of them are okay. I guess most of them give the location. Sometimes I have to start watching the episode to get exactly where they're at and a little more of the detail that goes into those. So these are pulled right from that Wikipedia episode guide. And I did actually put in make sure that the uh, locations were in each one, I think. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted just to to read the plots to see where we're going to be going and maybe some other hints as to some other details maybe being revealed. So we're going to start at uh, episode 41, which is called Stop Motion. And this one, Venom obtains an EMP bomb and then threatens to loot bank vaults across the U.S. by knocking out all the electronics for miles around. This sounds pretty cool that we'll be going, hopefully, through multiple locations. Right. And, you know, essentially just going for some money like we uh, have done in our script and it's more of that practical, you know, plot. uh, Right. And then 42
1: is the Artemis Enigma Venom plans to steal a sacred horn from a group of Greek monks that is rumored to detect gold, which uh, that sounds like a money plot right there to me.
0: Yeah. And this is interesting. Uh, Somebody tweeted uh, to us, I think it was yesterday, about the artifacts and if any of the artifacts was ever, you know, created or whatever, into the toy line, and unfortunately they haven't, but I thought that would have been fun to put mm-hmm. in like a like a figure pack, and you use, you know, uh, this horn, <laughs> sacred horn, or you use the Caesar sword or something, right, right, and put in with a an action figure pack, maybe have racks dressed up as Julius Caesar, you know, or painted <laughs> that way. Uh, it would have been fun to have some, you know, some actual figure packs like that that incorporate some of the episodes. Yeah. Um, And someday I I tweeted back, I said, someday I'm going to put together like a top ten list of of all the mystical items that they go after throughout the series. It's got to be like half of the episodes. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, it might be a top twenty list. <laughs> Uh anyway, on to episode forty-three, the Chinese scorpion. Venom agent Bruno Shepard disguises Stinger as a giant iron scorpion and kidnaps an archaeologist who knows the location of buried treasure inside the Great Wall of China. So we definitely know we're getting a new agent here.
1: And a new the- uh vehicle.
0: And a new vehicle, uh huh. But they're still going after treasure.
1: Right. I <laughs> love it. Yep. And uh, episode forty-four gives us the riddle of the Raven Master. Venom agent Vanessa Warfield uses trained ravens to steal London's crown jewels. As a diversion, Slyrax plants a bomb in Big Ben. Scott and T-Bob meet the ravens, not the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> of the Tower of London. So that this sounds... be, you know, yeah. This looked more like a ransom. I mean they're going after jewelry but it looks more like a ransom type of setup. Yeah. I don't really have I have no clue so
0: Yeah. Well, kind of a distraction. You got to save Big Ben, you know, the it's almost yeah. like uh you know, trying to take out the Eiffel Tower or the the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you know, one of those landmarks. Of course right. you got to save that, but at the same time they're trying to steal the jewels. So that should be interesting. Number 45 is the Spectre of Captain Kidd mask foils a plot by Venom to get their hands on the lost booty quote unquote of the pirate Captain Kidd in the Caribbean Islands. Uh so they're after they're continuing to be after treasure.
1: Of course. Uh
0: as they uh as we go a little bit uh overseas there. Right. Um,
1: it leads us to forty-six. The secret of the stones. Venom steals a strange stone from the Yucatan Peninsula that makes objects weightless. Now that obviously is going to be probably used for money, or who knows? Maybe there's a specific weapon that they're yeah looking to grab. I don't Boy, remember this one.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it either. It sounds like it might match up well with uh, a battle with lifter. Good. So
1: yeah, good.
0: we'll see what happens there. Number 47 is the Lost Fleet. Mask tries to stop Venom in Iceland, who are in search of a legendary golden fleet of ships. So we're treasure-seeking, but also there's a essentially an artifact in that one. Right. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, It
1: takes us to 48, the quest of uh, canyon. Mask goes to Carlsbad Caverns, where Venom plans to steal the lost treasure of legendary gunman Jesse James. Now, this is this has to be at least somewhat intriguing because we're going Wild West, yeah. back in the back in the day type of thing. So I, I don't know if they're going to pull a uh, wagon trains and ride them cowboy type <laughs>
0: things or I, know, six I
1: faces, would, whatever.
0: I would assume Dusty's in that episode. It has to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I can see, you know, Scott in like a chaps and a vest or something, you know, uh, in the Wild West theme on that one. Uh, the next one, number 49, Follow the Rainbow. Venom goes to Ireland to find the treasure of Brian Boru at the end of the rainbow. So I not I didn't look up who that is. Maybe he was a... <laughs> leprechaun i don't know (laughs) ireland you know they're not looking for lucky charms though at the Uh, end of the rainbow
1: (laughs) that takes us to the last episode of season five which will be uh the everglades oddity matt tracker is bitten by a venomous snake and while he recovers alex sector must lead the MASH team to stop venom's plan of stealing a nasa space shuttle well, if he would have had the future in his palm of his hands, he could just go to any museum and pick one up now.
0: Yeah, right. Well, this is the one, actually, I used this one in the T-Bob video, and this is where T-Bob is actually flying Thunderhawk. <laughs> That's cool. Matt, While well, Matt is uh, sick, you know, from the, the snake Venom. bite. Uh, I thought that was quite comical that uh, the T-Bob is flying Thunderhawk but it's the, as you can tell in the video uh, if you haven't watched the episode yet which i haven't watched the whole thing just kind of skimmed through there to get the footage but uh he does a pretty bang up job as uh, Thunderhawk's pilot and and actually uh helps the team so that's
1: cool but where's his driver's license <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Flying license. <laughs> uh, I don't think he has enough hours in the air there to uh, probably not to do yeah. that permanently. But I did not check too much into some of the other agents. I'm about 95% sure we get Julio Lopez at some point on the mask team that flies uh, Firefly.
1: I think we do. If and I remember I'm, when I was doing the dash... I saw Bruno. I think I saw Julio. I think I saw one more. One more. So I think there might be yeah. a third.
0: There is. Uh, uh, I know for Nash. a fact. Nash. Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I do know that. I think it's the Captain Kidd episode that uh, Floyd Malloy is what uh,
1: I'm thinking of.
0: In that one with uh, the vampire motorcycle, I'm about ninety-nine percent certain that he's in that one because I remember when I uh, pulled the uh, footage together for Vanessa's whip it video, um, he was in that one, and I remember she was moving around some of the treasure or something with the whip mask. But, um. Yeah, so this is going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. Finally going to get to see some more agents, which we've been dying to see since, uh, you know, since we, well, I, essentially we only got one new vehicle. I haven't got a new agent, but we've been hinting all this time and through some of the other episodes, and we're finally going to get some more people joining both teams. So should be really fun, and I am looking forward to it, partner.
1: So am I, and uh, this has been a great uh, although probably a little lengthy, but it's been a great uh, episode review. Uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties that we've had throughout tonight. Uh, not our fault. I think it was Google had a hiccup or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or uh, maybe someone won the lottery twice or something. I don't know. They <laughs> up all the servers.
0: <laughs> well, if, but, if, uh, if my producing skills is up to par, then... If you're listening to the podcast version of this, maybe it's not so bad. At least in the second no. half. But
1: but, uh, but yeah, it's been a great ride, great season, great year. Uh, we still have uh, probably two more at least episodes under our belt before the the close of the year. But uh, yeah, it's been fun, and uh, I guess we'll sign it out from here. And say thank you again for listening and watching. Uh, we do ask that you keep coming back Keep putting your comments Keep putting your votes in for the episodes This is this is really fun We enjoyed talking with our Our fellow agents and fellow uh, nostalgists. Unfortunately that's what we are now <laughs> But
0: um, Yeah I, I would say too If you do listen to the podcast If you're in iTunes or Stitcher Just give us a quick rating It, it helps us pass the word along with the podcast and make it a little bit more visible. So just jump over there. If you just give us a quick star rating, if if that's all you want to do, if you feel led to put a comment in there and tell us how great we are, or (laughs) tell us that we can do better. (laughs) I don't care. Just, uh, if you will do that for us, we would really appreciate it and, and help us growing the show. Right.
1: And I think that does it. So on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. Thank you for joining us on Mass Cast.